We are officially live. That's the sound of another podcast, peeps. What's been happening? Kenny Molotov here. This is Chronicles of a Plumber. And let's bring in the bass. Here it goes. Yep, there's that kick drum. What's been happening? Today is Sunday, June 16th, 2019. We're hanging out in the studio right now. Gonna get this podcast up and running. It's been a couple of weeks. Let the music cut out for a quick second. So for those of you that don't know, my name is Kenny Molotov. I am a professional magician. I'm a plumbing YouTuber. I also do magic on YouTube. I also do a little bit of music. Everything down in the description below. Let's pop over to the internet real quick. I'm going to show you what's going on. Anchor.fm forward slash Kenny hyphen Molotov. That's where you can find me and my anchor profile. That's the Kenny Molotov page. This is Chronicles of a Plumber, which is like a week in review of what's been happening on uh, the plumbing front of my life. But if you go to Anchor, you could also see all the different apps that Anchor distributes my podcast to, which includes Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, CastBox, uh, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify now. And also Stitcher. So you can check me out there and you can find all those things. Uh, Let's pop over to the YouTube channel. We are sitting at 2,725 subscribers. A lot of new people at the channel. I just want to thank you for all the love and the support. New videos coming out this week. I promise you we've been working really hard here in the household of Kenny Molotov. The wife is kicking in, doing some labor for me. Thank goodness for her. Uh, We're going to get at least one video out this week, maybe even two. We will see. Uh, But if we jump over to Chronicles of Plumber, sitting at 32 subs... And I'm just going to tell you guys about what's been going on, how my life has been. So life's been pretty good lately. Um, I got sort of sick last week. I actually got sick about, yeah, last last weekend I was pretty miserable. I think it was two weekends ago that I got really sick. Uh, but I, I've recovered now and I've been we've been doing some work around the house. I had to install a garage door. And I don't mean the actual door that opens up for the car. I mean to access the house. So I've been working really hard at doing that, which is something that's not my niche, obviously. I'm a plumber. I don't do doors. I don't do framing. But, you know, with the skills that I procured over the years, I was like, you know what? I'm up for the challenge. Why not? Let's give it a try. So uh, material came out to around a thousand bucks, to be honest. But I saved on the labor, which wasn't too bad. Uh, it was tough, but it was good to do. Good news is that it's up. We just got to do some trim. And now we're actually looking for a real garage door. And that's the next game plan for the Kenny Molotov household. But aside from that, I've just been plumbing away, trying to get everything on track with the business. Um, Dad and I have been somewhat busy. At, like What I mean by that is that right, right around now is um, renovation season. And typically it gets super, super busy where we sort of can't breathe. I don't know if we're just gotten better as a team where, you know, I can take on more load and I can, uh, we can essentially split the work in two directions and therefore we're keeping up with it a bit easier. Or if it's been slower, I can't really tell to be honest because we definitely have a lot of work that's happening, but we don't feel overwhelmed like we have in the previous years. And I do suspect that is a little bit of both. That it, it is that we're getting better and my labor is much better as well. I'm getting better with the tools and also it's not as busy as it has been. But 
a lot still has been happening and these haven't been easy jobs. These are things that on my own years ago, it would have taken quite a long time, but I'm really proud with my progress and stuff like that. Um, And I just want to jump in and start talking about uh, what's been happening this week and the weeks before. Then we'll talk about YouTube. Um, I do have a little teaser that I'm going to show you at the end because the final week of plumbing school was officially uploaded about a week ago, but I haven't had time to upload a teaser to it, but I finally did just like 10 minutes ago. So we're going to get that all out of the way and uh, we're just going to get talking about plumbing, man. So the first thing that I want to show you all is this really pretty stainless steel I guess, sorry, it's a vanity, essentially. Um, I guess you could call it, no, it's technically a sink. Sink. The difference is, is vanities going into washrooms, and this is in a laundry tub. This is a laundry room, but I don't know if this is an official laundry tub. That's the only thing. Like, they're using it as a laundry tub, but it is technically because it's in a laundry room. But anyways, we got called in a few weeks back to do this vanity um, we ran some pecs basically, and we also ran the drainage for it. There was already drains, uh, there where this essentially was initially, but we had to run it a little bit further, do a little bit of adjusting, but this is the vanity that came in. I, I should say sink that came in and it's really pretty. I'm a big fan of stainless steel sinks. However, they're uber expensive, fam uber expensive i remember once i was doing a job and uh the guy that wanted uh he wanted a bar sink but he wanted a stainless steel bar sink and he goes do you know anybody and i warned him i go i don't i do know somebody i do know a company that does bar sinks but they're expensive man and he's like no how bad could it be it's like one two hundred bucks i go no trust me it's more than that so i ended up popping over to this shop and looking it up and this one bar sink which was stainless steel tiny little thing like this was you were looking at like 500 bucks 600 bucks sort of thing so my customer lost his mind and was like no forget it he ended up finding something at lowe's actually which was way cheaper like 150 bucks so from now on that's where i go but stainless steel sinks always typically are really expensive. So that's just something to keep in mind for you. And then when you go into the commercial type of stainless steel sinks, like uh, double compartment or triple compartment, you're looking at thousands of dollars because those things are, you need you need professional welding to be done. Uh, and welding is expensive as well because it's a red seal trade. You know how it is. So um, they come out to be expensive items, but they really are pretty. So this is the guy right here. Uh, we threw on just a regular Moen faucet. Moen's kind of switched things up, by the way. That's one thing I've noticed. Moen had, Moen used to have, and I don't know, I, I'm sure they still have this, but Moen used to have this type of nut that you rotate on the stem of the faucet, which also had three screws in it. And then you'd also tighten these screws to make sure that it added additional support, additional tightening once you got to the base of the vanity or or the kitchen uh, countertop or whatever. If you've ever installed a, a Moen faucet, you probably know what I'm talking about, but they've changed it up where now it's just this round knob that rotates, and it's got many threads on the inside, and it's kind of nice because it's just a hand tight that you have to do. You just continue rotating it until you crank it by hand, which is easier, I got to say, but one thing I am kind of weary of is every once in a while you have to install 
a, a, a faucet with a really deep uh, sink. And any time you've ever dealt with a really deep kitchen sink, there's like a tiny bit of space in the back for this faucet to go in, and your hand barely gets inside there to do the tightening, which is what I'm concerned about. That is when the other type of nut I was telling you about with the three threaded uh, screws on it were perfect because you would tighten it as best as you could and those screws would do the rest of the work essentially. So that's one thing I, I am a little bit nervous about, but let's keep talking about this faucet right here and this sink. So the we're in a house, so technically we're allowed to use ABS and as you can see right back here, we're using ABS, but the, the contractor that we're working with really likes high-end finishes so he sort of asked us look do you mind throwing in a chrome trap here because everything has this chrome look the stainless steel uh looks chrome like and then chrome will uh, kind of match with the stainless steel so normally i would not go with chrome if i was in a in a house because by code we're allowed to work with abs in a single family dwelling however because we were asked we ended up popping out and getting and this is an inch and a half actually chrome trap here normally we have inch and a quarter chrome traps for vanities but because it's technically a laundry tub it actually has an inch and a half um, outlet and therefore you continue with inch and a half you can't downsize as you probably already know and then this is the bad boy in action if you guys are watching this on the plumbing uh youtube channel or the plumbing podcast channel this is me just doing a test on it basically so we're doing a pressure test. We fill up the vanity or fill up the sink. You let the water go and then you just sit back and watch and make sure that this is not leaking whatsoever. One thing I got to say about chrome traps is that I noticed they're a little bit of a pain in the butt because sometimes if they're not perfectly aligned, they will end up leaking just like a drip from the pipe outlet the uh trap arm i should say between the trap arm and the union of the trap as well right down here so what i suggest doing in that circumstance which is a little trick i learned in the past was if you just take a little bit of plumber's dope and you just throw it over the edge of the trap arm um, where it meets the union and it tightens if you just throw a little bit of pipe dope down there it actually ends up stealing so give it a couple of minutes to dry a little bit tighten that bad boy up clean it up so it still looks really nice and chrome like and then run your run your drain and see if that helps because it's helped me in the past for sure so that was the first job that we did this week um, we ended up doing a few hose bips actually um, but i wanted to show you guys another thing i was really excited about we don't do a lot of kitchen sinks front to back meaning the the entire way through a lot of times as a service company you come in to repair a kitchen sink throw in a couple of new basket strainers redo the drain sometimes depending on whether it's brass or and copper or if it's abs or even if it's like um pvc like a system 15 or xfr depending on what kind of unit you're in but this was an example of us doing it from front to end so we were literally asked to go pick up a kitchen sink Pick up, pick up a, a, a faucet, which was another Moen, and uh, start from scratch. So we had the cabinet right down here waiting to go. And as you can see on this cabinet, I had already done my outline. So on the box of the kitchen sink that you get, you're going to get a template. Thank 
God for these templates because you take this template template out, you put it onto the 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 countertop, and now you got to center it, and then you just draw your line around it. Once you get your lines all drawn up with a nice uh, faint piece of a uh, pencil, I, I might add. Don't do this with Sharpie because if you screw up, that Sharpie's going to stay. Next thing you do is you drill a hole like this bad boy right here. So you drill up a hole, you grab a skill saw. No, not a skill saw. You you grab a, oh man, what are they called? They're called skill saws. No. Are they called skill saws? Oh man, there's another word for it. Uh... Jigsaw. Is it a jigsaw? It's the one that you can actually rotate. It's a jigsaw or a skill saw. Let's look this up, man. That's what the internet's for. Let me double check, guys. Skill saw. What's wrong with me? Images. No, it's definitely not that. It's a jigsaw? What's wrong with me? No, this is the saw, dude. <laughs> oh, 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 I, th I had it. I had it. Black and Decker. Jigsaw. Yeah, I think it's a jigsaw. So the jigsaw is the one that you can actually rotate. It's intended to actually do shapes with it if you wanted to. So you grab the jigsaw and you start cutting that bad boy. And before you know it, you have this thing right here. Now, one thing I got to say about the jigsaw is that you got to watch out when you're cutting your last little bit because... This entire thing will fall through the hole, and it did in my instance, and it hit the pipes, and thankfully the pipes were strong. So just be ready for that last little bit. Um, be prepared. It's going to fall down. But once you have that, you throw in the sink just like so. Make sure it's centered correctly. Then you got to put in those tabs and tighten them to the to the countertop. Countertop is not a word that comes easily to my mind. I got to get that word memorized somehow. And then what you got to do is throw in that Moen faucet that we got. And this also had that knob as I was telling you guys before. That's something I got to take a picture of by the way and show you all the differences between them. But then it's just drain work. So we're working in a building and in a non-single family dwelling. When there are multiple units, you're not allowed to use ABS as we talked about in the past. That's the code here in Ontario. And that's because ABS doesn't have a fire rating that is acceptable for a many dwelling building. But also, I'd like to add, even though people have jumped on me about this, it is toxic. And they've jumped on me because they were saying that ABS is not toxic. But in a lot of uh, sources that I've read, it is in fact toxic to individuals. And the teachers that were in plumbing school were telling me in my first year that the reason why they don't use ABS, yes, it has a smoke rating that's not acceptable, but also uh, it the, the vapor that goes to the units above can kill people before the flame gets there. So that's just something to keep in mind. So we were using brass and copper here. As you can see going into the wall, we have some copper and the rest of this bad boy is brass. Now, every once in a while, I have a conversation with dad about potentially keeping XFR in the car, in the truck. And, the, and if you don't know what XFR is, XFR is a System 15 PVC... XFR is a PVC pipe that has a really good fire rating or smoke rating. And this is the type of pipe that is allowed in a multiple dwelling unit. Um, however, it is also similarly priced 
to everything else, including brass and copper. And the only real thing that you is the advantage with working with these sorts of pipes is that they're very quick to install. Anytime I've ever worked with plastic, it takes at least, at least half as has as long rather than the entire full thing. This takes a little while because as you can see, there are a couple of sections that you need to solder. Um, there's a couple of places where you might need to extend things. Um, this right here, if you can look at this little piece right here that's soldered, this is essentially a tailpiece to a basket strainer that we solder onto the tailpiece of this TY here in order to lengthen it because sometimes you just don't have the appropriate length in order to get your trap inside uh, where the drain is heading. So there's a little bit of adjustment that you have to do there which takes longer when you have to solder in comparison to when you're just working with PVC pipe. This thing can go in in literally 10-15 minutes, but you're looking at about a half an hour to 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how many things you run into to get this bad boy done if you're do using brass and copper at the same time, if you know what I'm saying. So that's, some, that's a conversation I've had with Dad, and we really don't know whether we should or whether we shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I personally think it might be worth it, but these do come out pretty. You got to give it that. They do look real nice when you do put them in. And then this is the bad boy right here. You always got to test it at the end. Make sure nothing is leaking because that's the whole point. If you walk away as a plumber and this bad boy's leaking, you ain't going to look like the smartest plumber on the block, if you know what I mean. So the next thing I want to show you all is a flange that was a complete disaster if it loads up. This thing right here, I guarantee you, was lead. Because the way this flange looked, it looked like the plumber ended up banging the flange together like this in order to make sure that the fumes don't get out. And then it was covered with this, this little cloth right here. So... This was entirely full at one point in this picture right here. We had to do a flange repair. Everything underground was cast iron and lead, okay? So dad got called in, priced the job, got the job. So we had to come in and actually dig it down to eventually expose what you're looking at right here, which is a flange into a 90, which goes into a, a Y, which goes into another Y. So the one Y you're looking at there is going to pick up the vanity and the other Y is going to pick up the shower. There's a small little stand-in shower in this tiny little unit down here. Um, and I mean tiny little, it, this should have been a powder room. Somehow they snuck in this little shower and you had to sneak by the vanity in order to get into the shower. So dad and I sat back once we exposed this going, where are we going to, man, like this could become really messy because if you have to take out both TYs here, in order to connect your ABS to it now, you're going to have to potentially break more tiles even further behind where you can't see in this picture. And we really didn't want to do that because they already didn't have a lot of tiles ready to go. They wanted to make this as simple of a job as possible. And we wanted to also try to do that as well. So we ended up deciding, you know what, why don't we uh, cut this cast iron Y right here just enough so that we're able to put in a Fernco and then transition to ABS without disturbing either of the Ys. And we're like, look, if we can do this, 
test it, make sure the water is holding and it's watertight, man, it might be worth it. And that's exactly what we attempted to do. We saved a ton of time. So I was wrong. We did cut out the entire Y, the first Y. And this is where we started transitioning. We threw in a zip coupling, uh, which transitioned to another, man, I forgot. It transitioned to another cast iron Y. And the cast iron Y was three by three by two inch. And then we put a Fernco on the two inch 90 that was coming down or 45 that was coming down. And then we did a transition between uh, the cast iron and ABS to a 45 and then a 90 coming up. And this is what you're seeing here essentially. Now we had to fill this bad boy up and then we had to come back the following day and we had to cement this guy down. Um, so you have to be really well-rounded in order to do this sort of job. You have to be willing to dig, you have to be willing to problem solve. We were able to do this without removing the second Y, which was a blessing, let me tell you. And then you got to refill. It also helps to throw some water on the dirt as you're filling her up and then stomp on it a little bit because normally it's really hard to actually put in the same amount of soil that you took out of it because if it's not compacted the way it was before, you won't be able to fit as much in. So you throw a little bit of water, you compact it a little bit, and you're able to get everything back inside. And then the following day, we came back and we had to throw some cement down on this. And cement's a lot of fun. I really enjoy working with it. And then you throw it down, you make sure it's decently level, and then we had our contractor come in, the one who actually suggested us for the job, and he threw this tile back down for us, a couple of them. I think it was three, one, two, four tiles this man threw down. And this is the final result that you have. Now, the hardest part about doing jobs like this is that you got to make sure your roughing is at, at the right space. You have to make sure it's 12 inches off the wall, 12 inches off both walls technically, and that it, it is also level. And this is where it starts to get a little bit dicey. All right, peeps. So what we ended up having to do is use this tool right here. This is an internal cutter designed to cut the vertical pipe that comes up, which is usually ABS or PVC. And you cut this pipe on the inside of it in order to find the right length that your flange will come down nice and flush with the floor. And that's exactly what we did. We cut the inside, threw some ABS glue on this bad boy, threw that down. Then we put in four screws in order to make sure that it's secured to the ground and this flange won't pop off. We put a couple of uh, toilet bolts down. Kaboom, you got a toilet down there. Now, this job in entirety took basically a whole day. Um, a whole day to do the digging and getting uh, all the rough in done and then refilling. And then it took another, it, it didn't take very long. We probably got there and, and did the cement within a half hour to 45 minutes sort of thing. And that's like get there, prep, leave sort of thing altogether. And then the final day was literally internal cutter, glue, and then throw the toilet back on. This took probably about 
couple of hours. So it, it was, uh, I would say, altogether, it looked like a day and a half to two days to get this whole thing done. It was a good job, man. It was good. It was uh, really straightforward, thankfully, because Dad came up with the idea just to get rid of the one Y instead of two Ys, and that saved a whole ton of time. Digging is usually the hardest part of the situation. Then the roughing, uh, it wasn't easy. I'll, I'll give you that. It wasn't easy, but it was still... A solid day of work, um, and it's not something we do every day. We don't do digging, so it's really nice to actually have that variance with work. I find that a lot of guys and and gals that that do do plumbing or do do trades like it because they're doing something new all the time. Especially if you're doing service work, you're not you're not roughing in bathtubs until your mind goes crazy. If you know what I'm saying, a lot of peeps that do new construction, from what I what I'm understanding, can can be pigeonholed into doing the exact same thing for years on end. Uh, I've heard of guys uh, um, chiseling out um, the sleeves uh, to the holes that are, are poured in, and I've heard of people just doing bathtubs for years. And so some people get frustrated with doing that over and over and over again. And that's the one, the one upside to doing services every once in a while you'll you'll get a call and you'll be like oh man i haven't done this for a while or you know what in my career i've only done this once before or you know what i've never done this this is going to be interesting sort of thing um the next thing is something we do do typically a lot every time we do a podcast it seems to come up in conversation we did one of them remodeling plates peeps so we have an old faucet right over here same story. What you do is you first get the template out of the Moen remodeling plate. Uh, you cut some holes in order to fit it over these without any obstructions. And then you go ahead and you draw the lines around it. Make sure everything's nice and uh, centered correctly. And then you get, grab that roto zip and you start that cutting. And the cutting itself will take about, I'd say, five, six minutes to get done correctly. The one thing you got to worry about with the roto zip is if there is a stud behind there because the roto zip will get really hot like to the point where you pull it you pull the machine back out and that blade is scorched red so that's something you got to worry about the roto zip also has a tendency to break its um it's technically not a blade i don't know what to call it it's a little it's um it's almost like a bit a drill bit um but it's got knurling on it and teeth on it in order to cut through things so just be careful because it does break it's happened in the past and also so wear safety glasses for sure and it also gets really hot if it's in contact with any sort of metal so just be careful with that and then you just cut around um, and you'll probably do two passes i find that what i do and dad does typically is we'll go through the first time making sure that the tile and some of the drywall back there is completely cut off. And then we'll go through another pass, which is significantly faster, just to get in the additional drywall that we might have missed the first time. And this thing will come right out unless there are studs back there that are securing it. Um, and this is what you see. You see the old remodeling plate. Sorry, you see the old shower control valve. And what's interesting about this one is that the water was coming from above rather than below. So you have your hot on the left, cold on the right. And this thing, I think, technically was upside down. I don't know. I don't I don't know how this worked out this way. Anyways, uh, so on the, on the second one, the one that I put in, the Moen that we threw in here, 
We had to come down, throw some 90s on it, do some soldering, and this is what the bad boy looks like right here. And then to finish her off, you put the remodeling plate, and then you put the trim kit and the handle, and you have your, your new spout, and you are good to go, peeps. Uh, it's a really solid job. Dad and I have narrowed this job down to a couple of hours, and that's if you don't run into any problems. But this one went really... They, they seem to, knock on wood, be going way faster than initially. When I w first was doing these, these would take me, man, half a day to a day to do. I remember <laughs> Dad would lose his mind sitting there watching me do it, going, man, hurry the hell up. But... You know, that's how fast the, the hands were going at that point. So I'm glad I'm glad we're getting better. Here's something we don't do typically very often. We're working with large diameter pipe here. I think this was all we ended up actually upsizing to two inch, which it was initially many, many years ago. We weren't there when they transition when they transitioned this to inch and a half. But if you look at this TY here, actually, sorry, this is a check valve right here. This is a two-inch check valve, and then they reduce this to inch and a half. Let me talk to you guys about what's going on here. This is a sump pit, and what sump pits do is they collect either storm water or they collect sanitary water down into the basement, and usually this is a basement, uh, basement application, and it basically means that you are below the level of the sewer so in other words the pipe that leaves your building and goes into the sewer is higher than the water here and that's why some pits are put in because what they end up doing is they collect all the water that's on the ground floor or in the basement floor that is below the sewer and then they get pumps they put these pumps into these pits and these pits will actually pump or these pumps will actually pump the water up and into the sewer, which goes vertically, which is above your head, okay? I hope that explanation made some sense. So this building had this sump pit, and it was clogging from time to time. And the sump pit was a sanitary sump pit, so it picked up laundries, and it also picked up one washroom. So that's the sort of thing that you can't pump into a storm drain. That definitely goes for... Oh, sorry. I'm getting a, I'm getting a message on, on Instagram. And that goes for uh, sanitary drainage, I think. Anyways, I, I got interrupted. So what we had to do was this thing was getting clogged. And we ended up servicing it a couple of times, which was literally us cleaning it out. Because what ended up going into this pit was, uh, I think it was fabric softener. You know those uh, those kind of weird see-through sheets that are fabric softener that you throw into, um, I think you throw it into the dryer. Well, that somehow was getting into the drain, and that was getting into these pits right here. And this thing would clog up because it's not designed to have anything come into it that's solid. It's only designed for water. At least this pump is. Now, here's the thing. The pump that was initially installed here wasn't the correct one for the pit. You need a sewage pump. A sewage pump is able to grind up most of the things that are in there, and it's also able to take on a little bit of, of solid, in other words. And because it's designed to grind it, it can actually pump up things and not get clogged as often. So we ended up seeing this thing, doing a couple of services on them, but also reminding the, the building, saying, hey, look, the reason why this is happening is because it needs a sewage pump. 
And the fact that it's not happening means that you got to switch it out. That that's like the best opportunity. And this building is currently changing management right now. So uh, the new people that just bought this building want you know everything up to standard, basically. So we ended up going out and getting a sewage pump. That's that's what this whole conversation is about. All right. And I had to. And we also re-upsized this pipe. Not from inch, two inch and a half back to two inch, the way it's supposed to be designed. Okay, so you have to solder a brand new MIP onto a two inch pipe. This is a two inch MIP, and then you gotta screw it into the new sewage pump. So you have to put tape and dope, thread that bad boy into the sewage pump, make sure it's nice and tight, and then you gotta throw it into the new pit, into the pit, and you gotta reconnect the ninety into a union, into a check valve. And that is the way. You also need a shutoff valve up there at some point. And that is the way you connect a sewage pump. We don't do them typically very often. But every time we do, we get really excited because it's a lot of fun to do. So we had a good time with that uh, because we were also working with large diameter pipe, which is something we don't typically do very often either. I just mean recently. We've uh, Dad and I have soldered two-inch pipe. We've gone even higher to three-inch drainage, um, but it doesn't happen all the time. So when it does, it's kind of like, oh yeah, well oh, yeah, I remember doing this sort of thing. I want to show you guys something fun. Uh, I ended up going back to a unit I've been to before. I have to be honest, for the exact same reason. So let me tell you the story. So. About a couple of years ago, um, I was just starting to go out on my own instead of getting dad uh, to come with me. Dad was on vacation at the time, and dad gives me a shout. He goes, look, you got to go to this building. Their toilet is clogged. I go, okay, no problem. He goes, no, no, no. There's something inside the toilet, so you got to be prepared. Um, you're not going to probably be able to unclog it with your auger. I go, okay, thanks for the heads up. And I go into this unit. I walk into the unit. I turn to the owner. I say, um, is it is it like a plastic toy that your, your kid threw in? He goes, actually, I think it's an apple. And let me tell you guys, it was, it was half an apple in peeps. It was a brick wall. Nothing was getting through this apple. Nothing was getting through this apple, peeps. I was knocking this apple with my auger till the cows came home. Let me tell you. Okay, so first thing that you have to do when you approach a toilet like this, a water closet like this, lift the lid off the tank, and you get ready to shut that flapper, okay? You hit you hit the flush button. You start augering, and if you see that water coming up too fast, you have to hit that flapper so that it stops taking on water, right? So I did that last time, and I'm telling you, it was a brick wall. Nothing was getting through this to the point that when I realized I had to rip out, uh, take off the toilet, there was so much water in the bowl. It was full. The bowl was full, and there was still tons of water inside the tank as well. So you're you're dealing with a situation here where where you now have to vacuum a couple of times, and you got to get rid of this water somehow. So this is what I had to do. Normally, when something's clogging a toilet, what you'll notice is is the water will slowly seep away, and then before you know it, you have a toilet with like low water inside the bowl, which is perfect for the plumber because the plumber takes the shop vac vacuums all the water out takes it out this thing was full 
So I had to shop vac this thing like three or four times, and I had to dispose of the water either in the sink or in the bathtub, which is kind of gross, but you got to do it anyways, right? So I'm running back and forth trying to dispose of all this water. Finally, I get it off, and man, I start hammering. I put the toilet on its back just like this, and I start hammering it with the auger, and I had to stay there for like 45 minutes till that apple came out piece by piece by piece it was peeps i was sweating man and the thing is is that you're trying to maneuver this thing two ways you're trying to go down the toilet with the auger the regular way that you normally do and then you're like maybe i can push it out the other side so you got to go through this tiny hole in the bottom this is the the toilet rim the water closet rim which goes into the gasket and if you throw the auger in there, you can actually snake it through the other way. And you're trying to see if you can get it out one way or the other. Either way, for me, I, I had to break that toilet into a million different pieces. So I came out sweating. And then you got to replace the toilet after that. So, Or replace the gasket. Uh, reinstall the toilet, I'm trying to say. So anyways, as soon as I walk into this unit this time, I turn to the owner. I go, it's not an apple again, is it? And this guy didn't recognize me. He goes, oh, yeah, you were here last time, right? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, honestly, I have no idea what it is, man. Just do your thing. And I was like, okay, cool. So I get there. I throw the auger down the toilet, take the lid off the tank like usual. I flush, and I'm trying to auger, and it's the same story, the exact same story. The water starts coming up. I'm like, nope. Hit that flapper, make sure it's now down, no more water's coming up. But the only difference is, is that I'm augering and the water is still seeping out, but just very, very slowly. And I'm augering one minute, two minutes, three minutes. Before I know it, I'm five minutes in going, man, this thing ain't moving. My snake, my auger won't go more than three quarters of the way in, man. I can't get to the end. I'm like, there's something in here for sure. And then I try to take my auger out and it's stuck on something. I can't get it out. So I'm yanking and before I know it, I yank well and it comes out and then it flushes. I'm like, okay, maybe we did it. That's good. Perfect. We're done. I flush the toilet. The flush sucks. I flush it again. Man, it still sucks, and I'm still augering as this is all going on. I go, man, maybe this is the problem. What I'm noticing with this flush is, is it continues to rotate. It just continues to go round and round, and it barely goes down. And I'm like, maybe this is just the flush, and maybe this is just the issue. Like, the toilet you're looking at here is about, I don't know, it's probably 10 years old, 5 to 10 years old, something like that. So it's not an ancient toilet. Once, sometimes you're going to meet a toilet that's 30 years old, and this thing will, will continue to spin forever, and that's because the rim drilling suck, that's because the internal flapper and the uh, fill valve kind of sucks, the entire flushing mechanism is old. It's time for a new toilet. But when you look at this one, you're like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's, it's sort of still okay. It should be, technically. So this flush might be the culprit to why it, it got clogged. So I'm like, you know what, why don't I just give it a, a toilet paper test? That, that's how we typically figure out whether the flush sucks or whether it's still clogged. So I take a toilet paper roll, I take off some paper, I roll it into a bundle, I throw it down, and on the first flush, it gets clogged again. 
right away. And I'm back to auguring like a maniac. And I'm going, man, this toilet is dealing with some stuff. It's definitely not unclogged. So finally, I convinced myself we're taking this toilet out. And lo and behold, here's how it goes. So here's the first picture. You have to put it on its back after you remove all the water. And then you start looking inside this little hole right here. And if you can see, there's just a tiny little faint of green coming from there. And you're like, dude, that's plastic. There's something inside this toilet. Then I stick my hand in, try to yank it out, and I get, boom, a toy little, it looks like a super soaker, a baby little super soaker right here. And this is the guy that was causing this entire mess the entire time. So as soon as this happens, the first thing that you have to do is you have to walk up to the tenant. And you got to say, look, this was what's inside. This is why it's clogged. This is why it's so hard to, to undo. And the reason why you have to do that is because it the onus is now on the tenant. Um, it is their fault, technically. And um, the the owner of the building shouldn't have to pay for this because the tenant, it was the tenant's fault essentially. So you have to approach a tenant tactfully and say, look, just so you know, this is, uh, this is why it was clogged. I don't, I didn't even bring up that it was the tenant's fault. I, I figure, you know, that's going to be between the tenant and the landlord. Let them figure it out. It's not my place. All I'm here to do is unclog it. And boy, am I happy that I lift this toilet up and did this because I got this out after reinstalling peeps this thing flushed like a charm peeps charm it went down real smooth it wasn't spinning forever man so i'm really glad because it let me realize that it was just the toy the flush mechanism on this toilet was a o k all right so last thing i want to do is show you the teaser to the last video that i uploaded which was actually two weeks ago um, and this was the final week of plumbing school check it out Peeps, week one of advanced plumbing school. Let's go. Good morning, peeps. Welcome to another vlog. It is officially week two of plumbing school. Peeps, welcome to another vlog. A couple of things I want to tell you. This is week three of school. Good morning, peeps. Welcome to another vlog. It's week four. It's Thursday. Good morning, peeps. Welcome to another vlog. It is officially week five of plumbing school. Peeps, welcome to week six of plumbing school of advanced plumbing school. Peeps, good morning and welcome to another vlog. We are currently sitting at week seven. Basically, everything is coming to fruition. All right, so that was basically it. All that's going on there is it's the final week of plumbing school, um, and I basically go through what, what happened in the final week, wh what I did to study, how it went, and at the end, I have a long little kind of conversation with the peeps, you guys, you guys and gals, telling you basically all about um, what's happened in the next step how licensing went, how my national exam went, and whatnot. So if you haven't had a chance, definitely check that out for me. Uh, it was it was nice to put this away and finally get the series done. It took me quite a long time. It's been uh, February, almost March, since I finished. I only finished the last video two weeks ago, which is early June sort of thing. So 
glad it's done. I'm glad we're moving on to the next thing. I do have some videos coming out this week for you all. Peeps, thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, comment below. My name is Kenny Molotov. This is Chronicles of a Plumber, where I go through my week of plumbing. I'm a professional magician. I'm a professional plumber, licensed plumber. And uh, that's a that's a story for another time. But you, sh you all should know that I, I officially got licensed a couple of weeks back. And I'm really proud about that. And I'm really happy that it's happened. So um, thanks for watching. Love you guys. And I'll see you very soon. Kenny Molotov, guys. Peace, baby.